So I had this whole other plan of something that I wanted to talk to you about, basically just all about how we need to normalize Irish exiting and whatever. We'll get to that next episode. But I was like on my way to my office today to record this intro, and I was having the most brutal daytime shame spiral. Usually my shame spirals only happen at night, like, you know, like right when you're getting into bed and you're like debriefing on the stupid shit you did all day and whatever. So, but this one was like, I think it's because obviously I was listening to Taylor Swift as one does. And I was listening to an album that came out when I was like in my early twenties and it just took me back there. And like, holy shit, I was like beside my, I mean, this was like 10 minutes ago. I was beside myself with humiliation, recalling all of the like stupid shit I've said and done in like the past 27 years. Like sometimes shame spirals are so brutal. And the crazy thing is, is like I identified immediately what was going on. Like I was like, okay, Jade, you're in a shame spiral. But then my negative self-talk came in and like really starts convincing myself that I am like the only person that has ever fucked up as badly as I have, or I'm the only one that has said as stupid of things as I have. I like think all of these horrible thoughts that like, it's only me and it's so not. Anyway, it just inspired me to like tell you that today because I don't have any advice if you're shame spiraling. Truly, I do not know how to get myself out of it either. But I need you to know that I at least, I can only speak for myself, have fucked up just as badly, if not worse than you have in the past. Like I am equally as humiliated by myself as you are. Like, trust me, sometimes I think it's just nice to know that someone else loathes their past self as much as you do. Like, don't you wish sometimes you could just like secretly in the night, just take away everyone's memory of like an earlier version of you that they've met? I think shame obviously is surrounded by unwanted identity. And that's what so much of my shame is. It's like, I just hate that people misunderstand me or, or met me or experienced me at a time that I was less evolved and like had done less work and, you know, was dumber, you know, quite frankly. Obviously, we can't do that, but it would be so nice to just be like, okay, you know, every version you've met of me before and like all the memories you have of me, just delete them and like, let's start over now. Anyway, so we talked about shame spirals a lot in this episode with Marta, and I just was on my way here and having a shame spiral. So I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to ditch what we were going to talk about, and we're going to go in depth about shame spirals because they fucking, they just suck. They're such a bitch. And I'm sorry if you're dealing with one now. Just know that I've fucked up too. And it's a brutal thing to have to revisit. But like, I would love actually, if you shared with me what the moments are, if they're silly or not, what are the moments that you replay in your mind when you're shame spiraling? Sometimes it can be like yesterday, but sometimes it can be like when I was 18 and I told this boy I loved him and you're like, oh my God, it's so horrifying. And you just like shudder at the thought. We have a real life sweet angel Marta on the show. She's another no last namer, like when we had Amrit on. So it's hard to find information on her, honestly. But she actually got the Instagram handle at Marta, which is extremely impressive. It always shocks me when people are able to do that. One word I'd use to describe this episode would definitely be raw. Marta really went there. We talked about grief and trauma and losing friendships and romantic relationships that have gone wrong. And she really just was super open and honest, which I loved, of course. What's interesting is she had two pretty traumatic events, which she'll talk about in the episode, pretty early in her 20s. 
And as we all know, your early 20s are a time when we are all adrift the very choppy seas of self-doubt and nothing is easy. And to have your whole world turned upside down like she had is on one hand extremely relatable for a lot of people. And she talked about how she kind of ran from the trauma of those events and is now dealing with them at 31 and like what that process has been like for her. One of those traumatic events was Marta had a benign tumor that required a surgical removal of part of her lung at 21. Then, only a couple years later, at 23, she lost her mom. For obvious reasons, going through both of those events affected nearly every aspect of her life, from her psyche to her friendships and even her romantic relationships. I loved that Marta went into depth about the collateral damage of both of those events and how she picked up the pieces later. Part of the reason Marta is so treasured is because she's this girl on the internet, but is so insanely earnest and sincere and accepting, which is so refreshing. She brings warmth and empathy with her wherever she goes, and I truly just loved every minute of sitting down with her. Let me tell you a little bit about Marta first. She is the co-founder of Dew, an incredible skincare brand that I am so excited to try and I've heard nothing but insanely good things about. Their hero product that you've definitely seen on Instagram are these under eye masks that you can reuse, which is revolutionary. Basically you put on any eye cream and then you have these like eye patches that you can reuse. It's incredible. So it's good for the environment and you don't have like those wet, goopy, jelly eye masks that you can only use once. More recently, she started Air Milkshake, which is an influencer seeding company. And she's also working on angel therapy with her boyfriend, which is gonna be a cannabis brand launching, I think this fall. So without further ado, here is Marta. Hi Jade, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for coming on. So I love you already, mostly because I know that you smoke weed, that you are an excellent snack curator. I, too, am an excellent snack curator and that you love like the planets and signs and sun signs and moon signs and risings and all that good stuff. Thank you. I feel so seen. I'm so excited to talk. Yes. Those are the (laughs) things I know about you. That was how I prepared. That's perfect. And I also like... I'm in a full cozy outfit because I also felt like that was appropriate somehow. Oh, my God. Yeah, I literally didn't know what to wear. <laughs> That's just a vibe that I got. But I'm in a full cozy outfit, too. <laughs> okay, good. No, I like wear jeans on this show, and I'm like, why the fuck do I do that to myself? Like, no one can see me from the waist down. Right, like, exactly. It, it's just not necessary. Okay, so I want to know everything about you. So let's start at your childhood. Where are you from? I don't even know where you're from. Oh, my God. I'm from South Jersey. I grew up like 10 minutes outside Philadelphia. So I would always say that I'm from Philly because when you go to Mm -hmm. school in New York City, you don't really like to say you're from New Jersey. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to school in New York City. I went to school in New York City. I went to FIT. I studied fabric and textiles. Um, I worked in fashion for like seven years. Wow. But yeah, I'm from New Jersey and I love it more now than I did growing up. I'm about to go home over over the weekend. Are you? Do you go home often? I do not now that I live in California, but I was um, bi-coastal between LA and New York for probably three years until I, I moved here. And with that, I probably went home to see my dad maybe like four or five times a year, but it used to be a lot more. I used to go home all the time, like once a month. Well, welcome to LA. Thank you. Are you enjoying your time here so far? 
I love it. I was meant to live here. No, I'm, I'm so happy. I never want to go back to New York. I hate yeah, going back. Yeah, you like weed and, and snacks, I guess, and, and yeah. the planets and all of that stuff, then you belong here. Right. I know. You, I'm really happy really I moved here. here. Oh, my God. Okay, so you went to FIT. Yes. So what was your life like post-college? I graduated at 22, and um, I had a full-time job in fashion when I was 21. So my senior year, I feel like I did a lot of, like, online classes and nighttime classes. And then I I transitioned out of school well, I guess. But um, I had, like, a lot of, like, personal and family things through college and my own health issues, too. So that kind of, like, predominantly took over my last year of school. But it feels so far away. So when you were 18, right, you had a big health scare. Yeah, I actually, they discovered a tumor in my lung when I was 20 years old, but it was because I had pneumonia like four times in between 18 and 20. And they were pretty much just like, this isn't normal. People your age don't get pneumonia so often. Um, I also, I'm out of breath a lot because of my lung capacity. (laughs) I'll get there. but um, (laughs) Oh my God, I totally understand. They found a non-cancerous, a benign tumor in my lung that blocked the airway into two of my lower lobes. So your right lung has three lobes, an upper, a middle, and a lower. And the tumor was lodged in the middle lobe. So it was blocking airflow to the bottom two lobes. So So you felt like the symptoms, you like couldn't breathe. Oh my God. I thought I had asthma my whole life, but it turns out that it was this slow growing tumor. And wow. I kept having to stay in the hospital like longer and longer every time I got pneumonia. And the last time I got it was in August. And like mm-hmm. typically people just don't catch it in August. Like this was obviously mm-hmm. pre-COVID, pre-SARS even. And right. it just wasn't common. So they got a CAT scan and I was like stomping my feet the whole time. I was like, I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. And my parents were like, no, you have a tumor. And if you don't want to deal with it, we will drag you by your hair out of New York City. Classic, so, like 21-year-old or whatever. Yeah, You're like, like no, I want to hang with my friends. And yeah. Yeah. So like that was like my my senior year of college. I had a job. I was a fabric assistant at like Jones, New York. And we, oh, I don't amazing. know, I, I just had like, it was cool at the time. Like I walked to work every day and then I, I felt like a mini adult, even though like because FAT isn't like a classic like pegger school right no you like move to FIT August 2008 and they hand you a a fake ID apparently or just like I had a fake ID like the day I moved to college and yeah I went out a bunch I partied a bunch I honestly feel like I didn't go out as much my senior year it was more like the house party vibe where people would go to like the McKibben lofts and go to like parties in like I don't know Bushwick and Queens and you ventured out a little more but I really wanted to enjoy my last year, even though I was so fucking ill. So I had the tumor removed with like a microscope or whatever in like November of my senior year, but they still had to go in there and get like the rest of it out. So I made a deal with my parents. I wanted to do my whole last year of school. And then in June, I would get the big one. So, (laughs) okay. So that was, you did like the small surgery first and then the big. Yeah. And then like, I dealt with it my whole last year of school. Like I would be coughing up mucus every day in between classes in the bathroom. And like, it was disgusting, but I was so used to it. It was just like, I was used to being like chronically ill. So, and when you're in college, you're like, you just don't pay attention to your physical no. ailments. You're like, okay, no. like if I can stand, it's fine. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. 
Yeah. And I had like a Vyvanse problem too in college, as a lot of us do when you go to school. You just, you know, get an Adderall or a Vyvanse script, even though you You're may like, not really Whoa, need it. What's this? <laughs> yeah, what's this drug? Yes. So, like, I wasn't eating, I was throwing up all the time. And, oh, um, you poor thing. Not, not to glamorize that at all, because I don't think that is like to, to be glamorized, of course. But um, I turned 21 on June 1st, 2011. And then I got my surgery June 28th. And, like, the last thing I remember was like me like looking so cute. My dad took a picture of me on my Blackberry. Yes, <laughs> and I still like yes. love to look at it because it's so funny. And then I I disappear and they put an epidural in me. And I'm just like, wow. I did not know I was getting an epidural. Like imagine being like stone right. cold sober, getting a needle in your spine. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was so mad at my parents. <laughs> so they just, they... They thoughtfully just didn't include some details? No, or okay, I had okay. no idea I was getting an epidural. And I remember being so pissed about it. And then yeah. I think my surgery was like eight and a half hours. It was something really, really, wow. really crazy and long. And wow. my doctor is amazing. She was a, a long oncologist. Um, I went to University of Penn Hospital, which I highly recommend. They also took care of my mom in her last couple years. And um I, I had amazing care and I recovered and I feel good now. But I like when I talk a lot, I can feel a little out of breath. And it's just because I don't have the lung capacity of everyone else. Oh, my Although God. Well, I tell still me smoke if you weed. need a break. Yes, I love you for that. But yes, tell me if you need a break because, you know, we're always good. here for a deep breath or two. Okay. <laughs> but tell me about that, because when you're 21, really faced with you just didn't know what you were in for, you know? Yeah. And like when you're a child, nothing's a big deal. You never think of your own mortality or anything like that. From that moment on, did your life just go back to completely normal or did you like have to really heal or what was that like? Yeah, it did. Um, I I think healing took me probably about like a month in my parents' house. I think I was in the hospital for maybe like nine or 10 days. And the most like gross part was a chest tube that like, you know, took care of all of all the fluids. And my mom and dad, though, were so great with handling all of this because my mom at the time, which they hid this from me, but my mom went back into having her cancer come back again while I was sick. And my mom wow. went to another floor of like UPenn to get uh, 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 radiation while I was there. And I had no idea. Like my parents did everything wow. to kind of like shield me and to protect me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize that like I was so sick at all and it didn't really hit me until COVID how scary that was and how fearless I was as a 21 year old because if I were to wake up tomorrow and have a tumor again like god forbid at 31 I would feel crazy I would be distraught like I didn't understand how severe it was at all and I think with COVID too like having it be like a, a respiratory thing I was gonna say yeah it like really made me think about that as well. It's crazy, but it didn't hit me until th this past year how crazy it was that I had a tumor in my lung. <laughs> wow. So do you At feel all. like you were holding like that trauma? In? Did, you, did it feel like trauma that needed to be processed? Oh my God. Absolutely. I have been seeing so many healers over the past eight months. My kind of um, ev Everyone from like a Chinese uh, medicine healer where I'll like meet with her once a month. She's fucking amazing. And she'll unblock your past lives, but she'll also ask for everyone who was in the operating room to like forgive their past lives like she, she really goes back to think every step because I 
do carry a lot of trauma in like my side. I'll feel uh, ghost pains and like I, I do carry a lot of PTSD because I never dealt with it. I just like I went back to normal afterwards. And like, to be honest, I would use it when it would like be of advantage to me. Like if I didn't want to go to a party, I'd be like, well, they're smoking indoors and I can't because my lungs healing. Like I really like used it a bit to just kind of like protect my energy. And yes. that is a skill that I love that I still use with things too. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, would too. I didn't realize how like intense it was. And I, yeah. I never talk about it either. It's always like a fun fact when you have to do like an onboarding or something like that. Right. But like, I made a joke out of it and now it's not a joke to me anymore. I'm just like, holy shit, like m my body has gone through intense trauma and I, I never acknowledged it until now. Right. So when did you really start to process that? I honestly think over COVID. So the past like year and a half, two years. And, and it would be yeah. really like, obviously you cannot get COVID. I do not want COVID. No, I don't. I don't think. Right. I feel like extra immune right now and I'm really, really, really to try to do things to boost my immunity and my blood flow and to do all of those things. So I do feel protected, but um, COVID is totally scary if you have had lung oh, trauma oh or even God. asthma. Yes, yes. It's just a sobering reminder. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, I don't want to take a break, but we have to. We'll be right back. So you've, you said you've seen healers. What have you found most helpful in addressing that trauma? And like, what are the legs of it? So is it mainly about you and, and how you feel about it? Or was it what your parents must have been enduring at that time? Yeah, I just think I tend to just ignore things that I don't want to deal with. And I think it's just like, like faced me to go back head on and to like remember when I was sick and remember how it feels and to prioritize wellness and uh, taking care of my body. And I just think that like, I thought I was invincible. I, I honestly did. I was like, I'm 21. It's fine. And like all the doctors were like, we've never seen this in a 21 year old, like elderly people get tumors that are like this. Like it was a big tumor too. Thank God it was not cancerous. And I have a few scars that like, I don't know, upset me that they're honestly not that bad. They're all like an inch big because I had an incredible doctor, but I feel like I just tried to ignore it. Like I got a tattoo over the scars. Like I never wanted to talk about it. I never wanted to deal with it. And now like, I really want to heal my whole body in full. And now um, I know that we're also able to heal ourselves. And like, I got super, super into herbs and like, you know, alternative medicines and stuff like that. Yeah. Not to be an anti-vaxxer, but I'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but like I'm into no. that wellness <laughs> realm. Like, let's be very clear. Like, let's be clear. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think that that came from a place of like not wanting to be a nuisance or just not wanting to like take up space or like where did that come from, do you think? Uh, I think it was wanting to be normal and wanting to like just not have to deal with it and like wanting to just be able to be 21. And, you know, my mom had cancer. She passed away when I was 23. And I just feel like I had dealt with that so much from like 18 up until 21. And then my mom passed away when I was 23. So I just feel like I wanted to just like be a kid and not have to deal and not have to face, you know, the hard things. Yes, because you went through two extremely traumatic things super early in your 20s. Yeah. Like 
So did you feel like, fuck this, like, let me be a kid, like, let me just have my childhood innocence back in a way? You almost want to, like, take yeah. it back. I really, like, uh, romanticize high school and uh, mm. just times in my life when my parents were alive and together and, you know, mm. happy. And I, like, romanticize, like, how fun high school was with all the parties and my friends. I've, I've, I've always just had a ton of friends. I've been blessed in that way that it's never been hard for me to make friends. And I've always kind of well, attracted. you're also unbelievable at it. You <laughs> also you. like had hot girls eating pizza. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into that, yeah, which yeah. is an unbelievable idea. But yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just feel like I've always made the most out of it. But I feel like I've had to grow up fast between 18 and 23. And yes. Yeah. And then you process all of that shit in your later 20s, early 30s. <laughs> Totally. No, exactly. Like my best friend, um, her mom passed at around the same time. And it's it's hard because you've just seen something so sobering and you've just gone through something so life altering while a lot of your friends or like maybe people you dated or all these other things oh like yeah. maybe had never been through anything or like had never dealt with any like yes. tragedy or heartbreak like that. And it's feeling like, how the fuck do I connect with these mm -hmm. people? Was that hard for you? Definitely. I've definitely lost a few friends in, in the way. I had a, a best friend in FIT who I went to college with. And um, I remember so perfectly and specifically that when my mom's cancer came back, she was like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I'm breaking up with my boyfriend. And I was like, okay. And then when my mom oh, passed my away, God. she wanted to come to the funeral. And it was like a known thing in our friend group. I was like, no, I'm cutting you off. You no longer have access to me. And like, to th this day, like, I have never talked to her again. She's tried to apologize a couple times over the years in my early 20s. But um, I, I just cut that off. When someone shows you who they are, right. believe them the first time. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I had a boyfriend, too, um, in college. He went to FIT as well. And we were together on and off the whole time my mom had cancer. We met when I was 18 in August. My mom got cancer October. So, like, two months later, wow. he was there for me through a lot of it when he wanted mm -hmm. to be. Keyword, when he wanted to be. So, we broke up here and there. Like, her cancer would go away. It would come back. Like, he would just kind of tap in and out. And then he was really, really absent. We weren't together during the last few months of her life. And her cancer came back aggressively. And, um... I remember texting him about it and he was like, I can't be there for you this time. And I was like, well, that is my answer. I'm not going to text you. I'm not going to have you help me go through this. And that was August. And then my mom passed away September 26th. And I remember texting him as soon as I got home from hospice. And I said, hey, my mom passed away today. Just wanted you to know. And he was like, what can I do for you? And I just said, be there for me if you want. So he came to the funeral. We got back together like the day of the funeral. I guess You're I was 21. Just, of I course. Was, yeah, I was just in like a vulnerable state. We broke up six months after my mom passed away. He literally ghosted me. He literally ghosted me and like wouldn't talk to me for like a month. Didn't have the courage oh, to tell what? me he wanted to break up with me. And he called me one day on the phone and I was like, after six years, you're going to just yeah. call me. And <laughs> I, it was one of the most 
it was one of the worst things that I think I've ever experienced in my life. Like this insane that heartbreak. And like, honestly, yeah. now that I'm in love and actually in love, like, I don't even know if I really loved this person as intensely as I thought I did. I think it was like a young loved kind of thing or like a trauma bonding kind of thing. He came back five years later, exactly, to apologize. They always come back. They always come back. And it was this, like, long, dramatic thing for a little bit of time. But um, did he own up to, like, dip it? Was he like, I am just an idiot? Uh, It was very complicated. But, like, he had thought about it over the years. Like, the year anniversary of her passing, he sent me flowers. And he was like, you're okay. stronger than you know. Like, it was just, it was always insulting and not comforting. Because right. I was just like, how could you do this to me? And then ghost me. But I don't, I think both of us weren't ready for any of that together or not together. Right. So, unfortunately... He hurt me, and in turn, I went out of my way to hurt him so many times over my early 20s. I'm so embarrassed to the lengths that I've gone to make him know how Girl, I feel. If you're not embarrassed, <laughs> if you're not like humiliated by yourself in your early 20s, humiliated. you're doing something wrong. Like, like, literally, sometimes I'm sitting in the car and I shudder at the thought yeah. of things that I've done. Same. It'll just hit me one day. I'm like, oh my God, I tagged a wall in Bushwick that said I hate you yeah. and told him the address. Like, psycho. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. No, I love you. I like that's incredible mine are way like lamer <laughs> that's at least great i'm like but ready no, and thinking about it i know it's the worst but <laughs> you know, yeah so. it'll make you physically shudder like you're literally exactly like, but i'm yeah. honestly glad like we even like it was like tumultuous like over covid even like we would check in on each other and i have just always been so angry with him and then he moved to colorado i moved to la and i think like i added him on instagram like we're at peace I think he's right. happy for me. So this was all recently. It was recent. So th- th- it's like yeah. a decade of trauma that I have been working through in like different parts of my life. It's crazy. But and I'm like so private about that, too. So I feel like it's amicable now and he's happy for me and I'm happy for him and I forgive him. Wow. I think that that's important. That's big. Yeah. That's big. So can you kind of tell me, like, how many years was your mom sick? So she was sick throughout your childhood initially? She got cancer when I was 18, um, metastacular okay. Okay, so breast not- cancer. No. Okay. Yeah. And then I think she went into remission twice, and then it came back. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of think I need to, like, fact check this with my dad, but I want to say the cancer isn't what caused her death. It was an in, mm. it was a like complication from like a surgery or in I don't know what happened but she went into kind of like a coma and yeah was on a ventilator so like COVID and all like the ventilator talk was so was so triggering to me and still is because like I've seen a ventilator I've been in ICU with my mother and it is right not a good thing so right but yeah that was like a very 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 crazy time and like this week is historically really hard for me obviously and um her birthday is October 14th so like the next month I'm like very much just like sometimes I cry sometimes I don't sometimes I just like want to be left alone like I can't answer email I don't know I'm just like I do whatever makes me feel better for the next month and a half I think that's so important to say (laughs) no because he like grief is not linear at all no it's not yeah I think that's so important around this time because some people just give themselves a break on the day maybe if that and it's like you have to build your life around 
grief. It's part of your existence, you know? It's such an unrealistic, you just have to like let it be and have its own life and like adhere to what it tells you to do and what, yeah. Yes, yes. So what do you guys typically do for anniversaries? I usually see my dad. I feel like there has never been a year where I'm not with my dad. I am going home to see my dad over the weekend. We went to the shore every summer growing up. We actually had a place there till my mom died. So we're going to go to the shore and go to her favorite beach. And it'll it'll be great. Yeah. That's so nice. Thank Thank you. you. So can you kind of tell me like, it's been how many years since she passed? Eight, which is crazy. Does it feel like recent? Uh, More recent than that? Yes, it does. It feels like maybe like five years. I'm kind of in shock that it's eight years. The older I get and like the more time I have not with her, I realize how young 23 is. And my sister was 19. So I just feel like to like lose a parent at that age and like have to do my 20s and my 30s and have a baby. It's just like, it's really unfortunate. And I know it's not unique that a lot of people go through this, but it just sucks. What's something that like maybe people misunderstand about grief and losing a parent at such a young age? Or like, what are damaging things that people might assume or say? I think that anything can be hard. Like for me, like some things like errands are hard because I loved going on certain errands with my mom or just like there's some particular little things that are just so unique to a relationship. And like I miss like a food she used to make me or I miss like a favorite wine that she used to love. Like there's just so many triggers and like that could be spun in a positive way but I think it like you always feel the hurt first or at least I always feel like the the missing part first but um to spin it in a positive light my uh, a friend of mine has an incredible medium that she's been going to for like a decade or more and she's been telling me to, to go to her for years and I finally had the courage to go um right uh, before COVID and it's changed my mm. life and I have since gone really? to like a couple other mediums too and there is one that I love that I check in with every every couple months and I feel like I'm just able to talk to my mom and like she knows so much about do she knows more about do which is um I have a, a skincare brand and yes an incredible skincare brand. Thank you. I'll send you some. She just knows everything. And I, it's crazy to me because I feel like she is with me and like I feel her and like I'm very, very good at knowing a sign from her. And I see yeah. her birthday everywhere. I see her name everywhere. I definitely know how to have a relationship with her on the other side now, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It just means that I have a relationship with her on the other side. (laughs) Exactly. Was that decision really hard to make? It was really hard. I had other appointments where like I would almost throw up when it was time to go or like or like I moved them or the medium had to move them. But I feel like at one point I just felt ready that I wanted to connect with her so badly. Like I would do anything. And then I became obsessed. Like, I um I would too. I, I like obviously took a, a recording of it, so I just like took it apart for days. And she knew everything. She knew that the that the cake tasted bad at 
Andy's wedding. Like, she came to the wedding of my little sister and said that the cake tasted bad and the cake was fucking awful. And I just, like, no one talked about it. So how would my mom have known? Like, it was just, like, she knows, like, the tiniest, creepiest little details that it's I mean, I believe creepy. in all of that stuff. Yeah. And I wear her ashes in a ring, too. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that so much. It's a sun because my mom loves suns. And I've heard you say that you think that when she died, like a lot of her came into you. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remind yourself of her often? Yes. And I feel like my dad will like look at me and be like, you look like your mom. And I feel like my mannerisms and like my confidence and how much I don't really give a fuck about some things that I probably should give a fuck about. We're very my mom. <laughs> she very much just like, but it was like never offensive. She was so loved and so thoughtful and so sweet. And just like, she just had like chutzpah. Like she was just like, she just had right. that. And it was just awesome. I and love everyone that. loved her. Wow. Yeah. From what you've told me, she sounds pretty amazing. So how has your relationship with grief changed and evolved? I see it as way more beautiful now. And I think that it is so, like, it's great for community. Like, I've connected with, like, when my mom passed away, I had, I knew no one except one girl from middle school who had lost a parent. I knew no one who had lost a parent. So I think now I probably know, like, 40 people who were close to me who have lost a sibling or a parent. And I just feel like that has helped me so much. And I just feel like there's, like, a beautiful community around grief. And I just don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. But I do think that everyone has their own process. So it's hard to, like, make people talk about it because you have to uh, uh, respect what people how 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 people feel and what they want to talk about but um I definitely have accepted it more than I have in the past were you like angry at first or were you running from it at first and then you kind of were like okay this is something that I've got to deal with or like what ages did you start to really focus on it I will say for some reason, I'm not really angry about it. I think because my mom seemed so at peace when she was leaving and I was like with her and I got a goodbye and I got to, you know, just like be a part of that, which I feel like if my mom had died any other way or it was a surprise or I wasn't there, I would definitely be angry. But I'm happy that anger isn't a feeling that I feel. Um, I definitely feel like regret that I didn't spend more time with her, but that's like normal. Of course. I definitely made it my personality (laughs) for most of my 20s. It was like a defining characteristic of who I was. And I will say that's like less so now. And I don't know why, but it just isn't like the number one talking point anymore where like I used to be like, hi, I'm Marta. My mom just died. Like that was kind of like who I was for a few years. Right. Understandably. But also I built Hot Girls Eating Pizza because of my loss. So like I kind of had to like talk about like why I was doing all the, all the things I was doing. So like, I yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've definitely gotten a lot of help from people who have gone through loss and I try to pass that on and pay it forward. And um, I never exactly know what to say, though, because you don't know how a person is feeling. But I just like, I don't know. I just I just try to hold space. And it's just nice to know that there are people that know kind of how you feel. Yes. Well, I love that what you've created out of it, which was hot girls eating pizza, because Thank like you. so you, when you after your mom passed, did you just feel 
super lonely? Like, can you take me through the process of starting Hot Girls Eating Pizza? Yeah, I think it was just kind of like... Now that I'm older, I recognize this is getting a download, but like when I get a good idea and I just feel like an urge to do it, I just know now that it's a download from either my mom or from, yes. you know, m- my higher self or whatever. Angels, but yes. it just came to me one day. I was like, I should just make like an Instagram about girls eating pizza and I should take them all on like it's a genius. Polaroid camera. Thank you. And I've sadly evolved past it and I've turned it into Air Milkshake, which is like my influencer consulting hub, which is amazing. And I'm so happy that I have that now. But um, I kind of put all of my energy into hot girls eating pizza for a few years, but I hated my job. So that was a factor in it, too. So what would you do? What would it consist of? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us all about it. I would like find a girl that I look up to or that I think is cool or that I want to be her friend online. And I would email her or I would DM them on Instagram and say, hey, I'm Marta. Like, do you want to get pizza? And I, it was amazing. And I literally had got pizza with hundreds, 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 hundreds of women in LA, New York, Miami over the course of like five years. It was crazy. But I'm telling you, I would like leave lunch on a pizza date. I'd go to like two or three after work. I would stack them. <laughs> I'd make one a dinner, like How one a quick slice. How much pizza did you eat? Oh my God. I ate so much pizza and I got so much pizza. It was, Living the dream. It was Living amazing. Living the dream. Thank you. And then Where like, would you go? where was the pizza place oh my god everywhere like it'd be like new up and coming spots in new york it would be like iconic spots i went to artichoke all the time um joe's lucali's gg's which isn't around anymore like so many and i've met so many of my friends through hot girl city pizza that's amazing because like that feeling is universal pretty much for your early 20s. Like after you leave college, you're like, wait, what? Wasn't I supposed to have like 15,000 friends? And like, what happened? All my friends moved away. Like everyone gets jobs and boyfriends and whatever. And like, just the fact that you really just acted upon it and started this thing where you're like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be so proactive about making friendships and just like establishing these connections. That's beyond brilliant thank you it was so like low touch too like i like interviewed people but it wasn't an interview it was just a convo how you and i are are even talking and a lot of times we connected over trauma and loss and like exes and everything and it was so nourishing to my soul and it helped me so much and then like it started to pay me right so like a brand would come to me and say we want you to do a pizza party to announce our new line of blah 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 so then i started to do parties and pizza parties and it was great it's it's been so fun yeah I love it so much and I love that you wrote like when you were I think I don't know when you were shutting down the Instagram or whatever you were doing but you were like pizza is no longer my brand and I was like that's so genius because so many people probably would have just like thought about that forever and been like how do I stop this one brand and start doing another and and it's literally just simple like pizza is no longer my brand yeah moving on It took a long time, though. I felt so bad about changing that account over, but I just, like, felt uninspired about it, and it was never about me, but especially over the past couple years, it just felt, like, a little, like, frivolous, and now we're in a world where hot girls isn't, like, 
the term right. that we use and I don't even use <laughs> hot girls anymore like I call everyone angel yes. like, every, like you know what I mean I try to be more inclusive so I started to do a, a takeover series over COVID and then I just felt uninspired and I just kind of like had it I hadn't had a post on the account for a year so I was like okay I have to turn this over into air milkshake and now it's great wow yeah oh my god so tell me about air milkshake Oh my God, air milkshake. If you want to know the real tea, I'll tell you the real story. Oh my God, obviously. Hello. So La Colombe has an oat draft latte. Have you ever had it? Yes. It's amazing. It's very famous. Yes. But like, I feel that name doesn't quite fit what it is, right? So I started calling it an air milkshake. (laughs) It is an air milkshake. (laughs) And then I don't have a lot of followers, but at the time, like my 20,000 would like post and tag like air milkshake, Marta, air milkshake, blah, blah, blah. So like I went to their headquarters and they didn't know what to do with me. They were like, that's cool. You started calling our drink air milkshake. And then they used it in their copy once on Instagram and like my Marta hive came for them. And like, I love La Colombe. I still buy it all the time, but like I was just like I need to own this for myself I made this name they don't want anything to TM do with it immediately so yep. I took it it's my agency name now and I love it genius <laughs> thank you <laughs> yes. I just love how like you are in such an example of execution thank you you know what I mean like you have an idea <laughs> no it's like it's really incredible how many Instagram accounts have you made oh my god like 40 honestly like crazy I made a crying one a few months ago. <laughs> Hello, genius. That could be like a multi-million dollar brand. You know what I mean? Eventually. Like, I just feel like you like are, but that's such a good lesson for people. Just start, just do it. Just get the domain, totally. grab the Instagram name, right? Totally. And I think I've always been in a, in a position where I've always been like a, a hustler like I've always had like a job but then like a side job and then like I've always done things on the side that like fuel what I want to do and I don't mean like creating art I just mean like if I want to start a business like I am using money from another job to start that job like I've always just kind of like moved that around with everything and I've always had overlapping projects and a lot of uh, collaborators so for me I can't do everything on my own so like I need to have like partners and things but also I'm a Gemini I get super bored and I need to have my hand in so many things like do is my baby I love do but I wouldn't be happy if I didn't have air milkshake if I wasn't helping out on love pot if I wasn't helping out on other things I just personally don't think I would be happy but yeah that's just no, that's how such I do a Gemini it. trait it's yeah. such a Gemini trait. My yeah. boyfriend is the same really? way. Like I'll, he'll like literally he'll start a job and then he'll be like, okay, but I also want to do this and that. And I'm like, that's insane. But it really is wonderful because it just gives you such a wide spectrum of like involvement in all these different totally. things. And there are totally times where like, I wish I can just like put everything into do, but like air milkshake fuels do. And like the other stuff I do fuels this. It all works together. And I've worked for 10 years to make it all work in a one kind of hub way where like I have all the people I have all the brands like there's everyone's a through happy. line you are the exactly. through line thank you thank yes you. I love that usually like I'm very strictly like no career talk on this show but I'm like no I have to talk about <laughs> no. your career because your career I mean, is special I honestly love no career talk but I'm also down to talk about it I just feel like <laughs> okay, imposter when I talk about career talk because I feel like oh my I snap God, no, my fingers too. and like I have this stuff and this job and this company and whatever but god bless you (laughs) thank you 
Okay, we got to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So tell me about your romantic relationships after that. Oh my God. I was like broken. I was ruined. I was like a mess. I never wanted a boyfriend again, ever. So I casually dated. I think I used the LA thing as like a coping mechanism or a defense mechanism because like I would like have a date in New York and I'd be like, oh God, I have to go to LA. Like I go to LA. So like I did that for like three years and um, Lincoln actually met me through that, who is my current boyfriend, (laughs) hopefully my forever boyfriend. Yes. And we met through work, which is he works in cannabis. He works at a a trade show called Hall of Flowers, which is like my boyfriend does cannabis insurance. Stop. That's so cool. We should connect. I know. (laughs) We really should. We're also starting a cannabis line together called Angel Therapy, which I'm really excited. Okay, well, I wanted to ask you about Angel Therapy. You're doing it together. Yeah. That's so sweet. How has that evolved, your work relationship? Man, we're still figuring out our work (laughs) relationship. It's hard. (laughs) Like, we're on, like, a group text with, like, our other partner, David, who is an angel and amazing. And I'll, like quickly answer and he'll text me off chat and be like you're being a bitch today i'm like i'm just like we're talking about work stuff like, i'm get not out. being yeah. a bitch yeah because you're not being all like soft yeah. and yeah. girlfriendy exactly he'll be like you're being nicer to david i'm like well, i Lincoln, it's fine <laughs> but it's been really great <laughs> but um we had so my partner in do we had um, a cannabis media thing called Nice Paper. So me and Charlotte started that, and I want to say 2017. And Lincoln and I met in 2018. He asked us to be a media partner for Hall of Flowers. So, oh, sweet. Yeah, he had a girlfriend you know at the how time. how beautiful it is? Oh, <laughs> I've been there. Girl, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. No, you tell me. We had time. this instant connection. And, like, we went to Casablanca in Venice, which, like, I the love. Best the best restaurant in the best world. ever. If you ever want to have a double go. date there, we should go. <laughs> Literally sign me up. Okay, like, perfect. Tomorrow. It's our favorite. I probably go there, like, once a month with him. So we had, like, a first date. Have you been to Gilbert's? No, I haven't. Oh my god! Okay, we'll go to Gil- they okay, also Gilbert. Okay, I love that. Oh my god, okay. I had no idea. Okay, so we had our meeting, and he he tells it like he fell into my lap, like he fell into me, and like I just knew we had a connection. And then afterwards, he texted me like, "You're amazing. I love your energy. Let's heal." And I texted it to my best to like a, a friend of mine in New York. I was like, "Is this let's fuck? Like, who says let's heal?" I was just like. <laughs> Okay, but I loved it. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, okay, I know. I'm like kind of down with it. So then we started like, I mean, he had a girlfriend still, so we were just friends. And then um, the next Hall of Flowers came around and it felt a little more flirty. He no longer had a, a girlfriend. And then last, like two Novembers ago, he finally asked me on a date. So we started to casually date. And I mean, like he took me to Cheesecake Factory because I love Cheesecake Factory. Oh, and that yes, was our first date. Best. But then COVID happened and he moved to Tahoe for a year. So I didn't see him for like 10 months. We spent New Year's together and we have been together ever since. So. Wow. Do you live together now? We don't live together. He lives in 
Topanga, which I love because I feel like it's like a fairyland and I love going to Malibu and like I love being in Topanga with him and I live in LA. Topanga really feels like you're like out of LA. It, it really does. It's great. But I don't know. I predict like maybe we'll consider moving in together in the future at some point. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Come back to me. Just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about body image a little bit. Yeah. So I was looking at pictures of myself during COVID the other day and I was like, I, I've gone through such a body journey just in COVID alone. Yeah. Like, what has your relationship with your body looked like over the years? Oh, my God. I mean, I've always struggled with it and I've always hated parts of my body and like have wanted to cover up parts of my body. And like my weight has always fluctuated probably like 10 to 20 pounds every year. And I've always been like one of those people where people will be like, you look so skinny. And I'll be like, I shut the fuck up. Like, it's always (laughs) offended me, even though like I've gone through my own toxic traits where like wanting to be skinny and like having that energy and la la la. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely think I've been working on it over COVID more than ever. And I feel really good right now. Um, I've never prioritized health as much as I do now. And I I feel like I can see it. But it's not about how I look now. It's about how I feel. And I think that took me a long, 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 long time to learn. When were you least healthy in your life, do you think? I think least healthy. I had two moments, probably like when I moved to college when I was 18 and I was just like eating everything and partying, you know. And then (laughs) I think um, in my mid 20s, like while Hot Girls Eating Pizza was happening again, I was just like in party girl phase and doing all the things and not prioritizing health. But working out has always been important to me. And if I don't work out at least twice a week, I feel really, really, really off. Yeah. Do you have anxiety? I do, yeah, for sure. Yes, I'm like, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, so it's, I, I recently was like, like working out no longer is about like, honestly, at all what I look like. It yeah. is truly just like the only thing that helps me mentally. And I like ran away from it for so long. Like I was like, oh yeah, like theoretically, like working out would help me a lot. But it really does make a difference. It makes such Even a difference. Even just keeping a promise to yourself, I think. Totally, totally. But... Yeah, it took me, like, a long time to unlearn all of the bad habits. And, like, a lot of my friends are also unlearning them as I am, too. So, like, where I used to would, where I would used to talk about cleanses and stuff, like, now I'm just, like, I don't want to push that kind of stuff anymore. And, like, when my friends would talk about, like, a diet, I don't engage in a way that I used to. And that took a long, long time to you know, happen. You're in your thirties now, right? Yeah. Like that exactly. is, that's I'm like I know. I mean I'm fucking twenty seven and I'm like and I have I'm like I have four hundred and twenty seven days. I'm like I'm counting the days until I'm thirty. Truly. Oh my God, no, it's like, the best, just, honestly. I know. Everyone says it. And we talk about it all the time on this show because everyone comes on and they're like, but then I turned 30. Yeah. And like of course there are their own cluster of issues, but it's like so much easier than your twenties, I feel like. Are you in your Saturn return? Hell yeah. Okay. It's, Hell and yeah. it's in Aquarius, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. How are you feeling? It's amazing because I didn't like feeling before like nothing was happening. Like 26, yeah. 25, I was like, I, I feel like I'm nothing in this world. I don't know. I'm too young and too old for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt like weird. And then with 27, I was like, 
oh, like all of a sudden I have peace about this. Yeah. All of a sudden, like I like this thing about myself. All of a sudden I'm like, okay, this is like what I look like. This is like who I am. Like, let's actually figure out a way to like rock it rather than being like, okay, like what version of me do you like so I can morph myself into that person? You know, I kind of like, I'm beginning to feel the bottom beneath me. Okay, You know, like my feet are finally, you know? I'm so glad that you're having a positive Saturn return. Oh God, who knows? God, don't tell me that. What was yours like? Mine was fucking hell. I like had a party the day that it ended. It was like two years ago. I was so thrilled. But, um... Some piece of advice that I got that I'm just, like, telling you because you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. Saturn return is all about surrendering. So if the universe is trying to show you a lesson and you're not saying, okay, like, I surrender, you're it's just going to keep, like, beating you down like a fucking wave. And, like, I would, like, stop and cry and just be like, I surrender. I just would, like, affirm it and announce it because... It was torture. And it would be like things like losing your phone four times in a year. Like some some things that could be like material or they could be in a relationship, but they will show you lessons until you're like, okay, I get it. I I'm not going to yes. do that. I acknowledge what you're trying to show me. And then you come out of it on the other side and it's like amazing. So is everyone's Saturn return different lengths? Yeah, it depends on where Saturn is. Mine was in Capricorn, so it was a lot about work and, like, money and, like, Uh stuff like that. Um, And I think Aquarius, I don't know what Aquarius rules, but I would assume it's, like, speaking and, you know, communications and stuff like that. Like, airy stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or water? Air. Air. Yeah. Um, Air. What's your sign, by the way? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, my God. So is my boyfriend. I love Sagittarius. Yeah. Oh, no way. Okay, good. And your boyfriend's a Gemini? Well, no, he's a Scorpio, Scorpio. with a Gemini rising. Oh, I love Extremely that. complicated. Ugh. Extremely complicated. I, like, can't. I have, I'm drowning in Scorpios. It's insane. Oh, my insane. God. I'm a Scorpio rising. Are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my girl. <laughs> I know literally my sister's a Scorpio rising. Ugh. Your river runs deep. Yeah. I love it. I love being a Scorpio rising. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's, powerful. it's like magnetic. It's intimidating it's, it's, to a yeah. lot of people. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. But I love that yeah, for you. Me too. We could literally go on forever. We're going to go to Gilbert's or Casablanca and do this over. I would love that. I can't wait. Oh, my God. We'll smoke before. It'll be perfect. Oh, please. It'll be amazing. <laughs> yes. What's a way in which you're currently working on yourself these days? I think I'm still trying to work on patience with myself and to stop being so hard on myself. I'm a Virgo moon and I'm so mean to myself. It it can be awful. So I'm trying to work on that right now. It's exhausting. Yeah. Like you're not working hard enough or like you're it's I do that a lot. Um, Me too. Yeah. It's not fun. It's hard. It's hard to stop because it's also the reason why you're successful. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it sucks. It's such a double edged sword. Yeah. Okay. And what is the most off brand thing about you or what would people that follow you on Instagram be surprised to know? Oh, my God. That's a good one. I hate eggs. I don't ever want to eat eggs. Like maybe people will be surprised about that. But don't you call yourself an egg? No, that's don't Tinks. You... You're, you're confusing me with Tinks. Oh my Just god! Kidding. No, I'm like literally like all those people that are on my fucking screen. I'm like, who calls himself an egg? It's like keeping me up at night. That's you don't funny. Like eggs. I don't like eggs. I've always hated them, and I just feel like people are usually shocked when they find out for some reason. 
What what has been your alternative in the morning? Like, are you just not a big breakfast person? Not a good breakfast person. I love a bagel. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) love a smoothie. You do not call yourself an egg, and you do not like eggs. No, great. Okay, thank you so much. You're a dream and oh my God, more angelic are. in person. You're so smart and kind, and thank you so much for thank having you. me. This was so much fun. I usually am very scared of podcasts, but I felt very, very held, and like it was oh, amazing. You're you're so a really, happy. really amazing host. Thank you so much. Okay, you made my day. Done. Done. My day made. I think it's pretty impossible to meet Marta or to even listen to this episode and not just immediately love her. She's so honest and real. And I just appreciated her opening up about such hard things. And I think there's so much to relate to in this episode. And I'm just so grateful to have met her, really. Okay, that's it for us this week. I will see you guys back here next week. And in the meantime, if you could please, please, please rate, follow, and subscribe on the podcast page. I would be forever grateful. And if you do, please screenshot it and DM me so I can thank you. Have a great week and I'll see you back here. Same time, same place. Bye.